Hello, friends. Thank you for joining me for part two. This segment is called Don't Let Fear Enter the Camp. In the first part, we were talking about understanding prophecy, what to do when we don't understand the word that God gives us, what the appropriate action should be. And this word was something that God gave me yesterday. I had already identified it as something that happened. I think it was this summer. I had already identified it. I had already called it out. But yesterday, it just hit me different. Like I said, everyone is in a panic. And there's a lot of fear going on right now. There's a lot of confusion going on. And God took me to Numbers 13 and 14. When fear entered the camp of the Israelites and what happened when that happened. And God spoke to me and he said, there is a man that released a word that brought fear into the camp. And I have seen this name come up over and over on social media, on Facebook to be exact, because that's really the only place that I go most of the time. When something happens, I hear this name come up and they say, it's just like what so-and-so said would happen. So we're going to look at that. I'm not going to say his name because who he is is not as important as what he did. So I'm going to focus on what he did and I'm going to break that down for you and explain to you how that released fear into the camp and where we can find this in scripture. Okay. When it happened, I did call him out by name, okay? The Lord spoke to me very clearly and said, this is fear porn. And I'm going to explain to you that there is a difference between prophesying and predicting. They are two different things, okay? What we consume the most of is what we feed our thoughts with. It's what we feed our soul with, okay? And it comes out in our words and our behavior and what we choose to believe. So we must be very careful, okay? We must be very careful in what we consume. I'm going to go ahead and tell you that what happened in this certain situation here was this individual let us know that he's very well read on current events. He said that he reads a certain amount of current events on a regular basis. I don't remember how much he said he read, but he was letting us know that he's well read. He's read up on this. Okay. So what is typically, what is typically reported in current events, different happenings, a lot of different predictions, such and such is happening. So therefore such and such will happen as a result of it. Okay. 
I don't want to say the words that he said verbatim because I'm not giving power to that. But I know many of you know who I'm talking about. Okay. So what happened was his soul consumed all those current events, which I'm sure were not delightful to read about. So his soul consumed all of that. And when he went to sleep, he had a dream. And that dream was about all of those dreaded current events and what could come to pass because of them. And at some point, he decided to share that. And when he did, he released fear into the camp. Now, God had already spoken to his prophets that Trump would win. He had already spoken to me in 2017 that he was taking us into the golden year. I'm sorry, taking us into the golden age. He was going to take us into the golden age. Um, I find out later, many years later, that Trump was trying to put us back on the gold standard. So that lines up with the word that God gave me in 2017. Well, there is a refining process to go through before you can extract that precious metal, gold, from the hard earth that it is encased inside of. So I understood it, we were going to go through the fire. We were going to go through a refining process where bad things were going to need to be purged out of our nation in order to get us to that golden age. So there were many positive words that God was speaking. He has plans good plans for our future to give us hope and a future. The word of God says that he has good plans for us, plans not to harm us, but to give us hope and a future in Jeremiah. That's what it says. So he does have good plans for us. And these, these words released were what you could call an evil report. They were a report of evil and the people believed it. And that spread fear into the camp. Now, there's another example in scripture where there was an evil report given to the people. And the people believed it. And the people freaked out. And this made God very angry. So God is saying right now to everyone, be careful what you do. Because there was someone who released fear into the camp. And many people believed the evil report and it has spread and they are freaking out. So I'm going to go into scripture and read just a few things. Please feel free to read it more in your time. And maybe God will give you some more understanding of this. So we know in... Numbers chapter 13, that Moses sends out the Israelites to go spy in the land of Canaan. The land that was promised, the land that was flowing with milk and honey. And I am going to go here, right here, 
13 and 3 says, And Moses, by the commandments of the Lord, so the Lord told him to do this, sent them from the wilderness. All those men were heads of the children of Israel. So keep in mind, he sent the leaders. He didn't send just anybody from the tribe. He sent 12 leaders to go into Canaan. He wanted to know what the people were like, what kind of um, food and resources and things that they had. If they were strong, did they have a, a, a great defense or did they have a weak defense? So they went for 40 days and they came back. And the 10 came back with a different report than two came back with. So they agreed and they said, it is a land flowing with milk and honey. It is a great land, but, you know, the people are great and their defense is strong. And Caleb spoke up and said in 13... Verse 30, and Caleb stilled the people because this report from the 10 was getting everyone a little nervous. So Caleb calmed them and he said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are able to overcome it. So Caleb had faith in God. He had faith that God said, this is our promised land. So if it pleases God to give it to us, then we can have it. We can overcome them. Verse 31 said, but the men that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land, which they had searched unto the children of Israel saying the land through which we had gone to search it is a land that eateth up its inhabitants. Therefore, all of the people that we saw in it are of great stature. So then it goes on to say in 33 that there are even giants there. Okay. And we're grasshoppers compared to them. We can't do it. This sends the people into a tailspin. They are so scared after they hear this. And they're so angry because they thought going into the promised land was what God wanted them to do. They had already come out of Egypt and they had gone through all of those things. So they thought the next step is not going to be so difficult as and scary as these 10 men are telling them. So they get very upset. And 14 and 1 say, And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel, verse 2, mumbered against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, What they said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we have died in the wilderness? 3. And wherefore hath the Lord brought us into this land to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children shall be prey? Where it be better for us to return to Egypt? So they were they were angry. They were saying, why would God do this to us? Why would we go through all of this and he would take us this far just to kill us? 
in this wilderness, just to leave us for dead in this wilderness. And our, our wives and our children suffer. Have we not been through enough? Does any of this sound familiar to you right now? Can, can anyone relate to this? I have literally seen people saying, why would God do this to us? Why would we come so far for God just to leave us high and dry and to turn us over to a tyrannical government that wants to kill us? And getting very upset. I thought God said this. I thought God said that. It's, and I know that we are human and we go through emotions, but this is a story that warns us that we do not need to rebel and have contempt towards God because things aren't working out the way we think they should work out or we don't understand what's happening, okay? Just like I, po- I pointed out in the part one of this series, when we don't understand something, it's better to go to God instead of to freak out against him and against the prophets that he has sent, Okay, so the people are freaking out and Joshua and Caleb speak up and they say to them, and it says in verse seven, and they spank unto all of the company of the children of Israel saying, the land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, then he will bring us into the land and give it to us, a land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of this land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Caleb And Joshua are trying to appeal to the people to calm them down and reason with them. Have faith in God. If it pleases him, he he will give this to us. These people are bred for us. Don't panic. Where is your faith? You know, they had seen God part the Red Sea. They had never seen a Red Sea part. I mean, they've never seen a sea part before, ever. So seeing that mighty ability in God and then freaking out over giants and people with a strong defense doesn't seem to make sense. But nonetheless, that's what they're doing. And so Caleb and Joshua are trying to console them and they get angry and they throw stones at them anyway. And then verse 11, and the Lord said to Moses, how long will this people provoke me? And how long will it be ere they believe me for all the signs which I have shown among them? Mammon from the sky when they had no food, parting the Red Sea and swallowing up their enemies so they would not be killed. All the signs that they, that he has shown them and now this. And then he says, I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make thee a great, a greater nation and mightier than thee. So the Lord is very angry. He's very fed up with them. And Moses goes on to appeal to the Lord for mercy, even though he's angry. And 14 and 20, the Lord said, I have pardoned according to thy word. So I've pardoned thee according to what you've asked. But as truly as I live, 
all the earth shall be filled with the glory of the Lord. Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which I did in Egypt and in the wilderness, and have tempted me now these ten times, and have not hearkened to my voice. Surely they shall not see the land which I swear unto the fathers, neither shall any of them that provoke me see it. But my servant, my servant Caleb, because he had another spirit with him and hath followed me fully, him shall I bring into the land whereinto he went and his seed shall possess it. God goes on to say again, he is still very angry with the Israelites. And he says, how long shall I bear with this evil congregation, which murmur against me? I have heard the murmurings of the murmurings of the children of Israel, which they murmur against me. Please, everybody. Just like Caleb tried to appeal to the people, remain calm and do not murmur against God in this hour just because you don't understand the prophecies that were spoken and how they're they're supposed to come to pass. Do not. God has promised a thing. Do not murmur against him because you allowed fear to enter the camp. And you believe the evil report. I'm going to go down to 34. After the number of the days in which you search the land, even 40 days, each day for a year shall you bear your iniquities, even 40 years, and ye shall know my breach of promise. He is breaking his promise with the ones that have angered him and blamed him and murmured against him. Just like we spoke about in part one of this series, our actions bear consequences. And he broke his promise to the ones that angered him. 35, I, the Lord have said, I will surely do it unto all this evil congregation that are gathered together against me in the wilderness, they shall be consumed and there they, they shall die. They will not enter in the promised land. And the men which Moses sent to search for the land who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up the evil report upon the land died by the plague before the Lord. He punished those who slandered and gave an evil report against the land that he promised because they were afraid. And verse 38 says, But Joshua and Caleb, the son of Jeff, oh oh boy, there's one of those words. Let's just say this. Joshua and Caleb, which were of the men that went to search for the land, lived still. 
So the one that gave the ones that gave the evil report and caused everyone to have fear were punished and they died of the plague. But Joshua and Caleb entered the promised land. And the Israelites were not allowed to go into the promised land because they angered God and he breached their promise with him. I am appealing to everyone. The Lord is very adamant about this. He was very serious in me wanting to deliver this message. Fear has entered the camp. Do not believe the evil report. Believe the report of the Lord. He will bring relief to his people. It will come one way or the other. He is going to lead us into the golden age. We are in a refining moment. Being refined by fire. There is a great shaking going on. In order for the purification to happen, things have to be purged. When things are purged, it creates a shaking. And that's where we are right now. That's what we're witnessing. But do not fear the land that he has promised. Do not speak evil of the thing that he has promised us or there will be consequences for those who do. So I would like to encourage everyone who believed this evil report to please go to God right now with a humble heart. Give him your undivided attention. Be honest with him and let his spirit minister to you. And please repent for the fear and doubt. And you might say, well, the Lord didn't say this to me. The Lord said it to you. Then you have a responsibility as a believer in Jesus Christ to hear the report of the Lord and not to allow or expect it all to rest on the shoulders of the prophet. Isaiah 9 says the government rests on the shoulders of the Messiah, not the prophet's. So you go to the one who is ahead of the government and get that report from the Lord. As soon as you hear that report, please do so. Please go to him for the understanding, for the confirmation. And keep going back as many times as you want to because that pleases the Lord. It grows your understanding, your spiritual maturity, and your authority that we have to use against the enemy in this very critical hour. So this is a warning and this is an appeal to the children of the Lord. Do not believe the evil report which slandered the promise that God gave. And if you have done so, please humbly repent. And if you have not heard a direct word from God, please position yourself so that you can hear a direct word from God. Because again, this is not the Old Testament time where only the prophets could hear. We can all hear from the Holy Spirit. Okay? I could make this longer by going into the reasons why the church is in this position right now. But I think that's just 
left for a different time. But I want to encourage you today that although this battle is real and although God said there must be a battle first, but what he did promise was relief, victory, and the golden age. And we must get rid and purge this nation of the evil before that's to happen. And evil doesn't go away easily. My friends, the Lord had to part a sea and do the impossible to swallow up the evil that was chasing after the Israelites in order to get rid of it because it wasn't going to go. All of the miracles that God did in front of the uh, magicians in front of Pharaoh's magicians to show that he was the true God. And those fools still weren't afraid of the Lord. They still didn't fear. They still went and chased after God's people. God had to do the impossible. He had to go to the extremes to deliver his children. Evil doesn't go away easy, but you better believe that if God said he will, he will go to extremes to deliver us. But you have to be still and put your faith in him. When your back is against the wall and the enemy is closing in to try and slaughter you and the only way to go is through the Red Sea then you must be still and let God fight for you. We are in that position right now. And let us do the thing that pleases the Lord so that he can go to extremes for us. And he will. But get the fear out of your camp. Get it out. Command it to go. Because there are consequences There are consequences for entertaining fear. And let us not add to the spiritual battle that we are already in, but let us face this with faith and authority. So I'm going to go ahead and close the second part of this podcast. This is quite different than most anything that you're going to listen to right now that is offering you possible inside information as a way to give you hope, I'm going to offer you to go to the Lord because our hope is in God and he is our savior. And if anybody's going to get it done, it's going to be him. So let's rest in him right now. Let's be still in this Red Sea moment. And let's pray that God will go to the extremes necessary to deliver us. And he will. And those that believed him and stood on his word and had a different spirit with him, like he said Caleb and Joshua did, he will reward those people. Okay? So you guys have a wonderful blessed day. Thank you for staying with me today. May God be with you. And may God be with this nation.